0: My name is Joanna DeVoe and I am the cookie creatrix behind Kickass Witch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit. And you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio, where you will also find a link to my brand new Audio Journey, an awesome new program called Shadow Love that I have been talking about. I haven't really done a big fancy launch for it. I might make a video to tell you all more about it uh, this week later, but for now, you can check out the link and read all about it. It's available to do any time you want to do some shadow work, tension of creating a deeper sense of self-love. I also should probably apologize to you because I forgot this is a this is a last minute live call in show. I I did not decide to do this until like forty five minutes ago or so. I was just like, yeah, let's do it and I slapped it together, but I forgot because I haven't done one so long that the sound is very sensitive. So I might have just blown out your ears when I said, Hi. (laughs) I don't know why that happens on Blog Talk Radio, but it does sometimes. So I apologize. And um, yes, yeah, this this my friends is a lo- uh, live call-in show. So feel free to call. I'm gonna ramble here for a little bit just to get the hang of what I I want to talk about. So if you actually pre-ordered Shadow Love, if you're one of the people who started it six days ago, you just received, or you should be any minute now receiving, the last in, in which I speak about coming out of the closet, and how that's a shadow thing. That's a bit of terminology we use to really express, like, coming out of the shadows. And it's something I get asked a lot about in terms of coming out of the proverbial broom closet, like lots of witches and Christian families worried about that. And what I'm really interested in exploring here today is, kind of related to that, I think. And something that I've been grappling with, funny enough, ever since I started creating the content for Shadow Love. Something about deciding I'm going to make a program about the shadow, about shadow work. <laughs> something about that. Sent out some little invitation to the universe that was like, "Yay, let's just bring all of Joanna's shadow stuff up and and all of her friends' shadow stuff and all of the people she enjoys online. And I just started seeing shadow, shadow, shadow stuff everywhere. And it's been a really interesting, enlightening time for me. So that happens sometimes. I think I'm creating something for you all, and then it ends up being for me <laughs> as well. So what I'm interested in talking about today is really self censorship which I think is a form of, of being in the shadow. You're afraid to be who you really are and say what you really think, so you censor yourself. And, uh, you know, I'm interested in the ways that we sense self-censor because you might feel judged, for example, in telling a room full of Christians, look at me, I'm a witch. <laughs> or if you're a super new-agey type, who happened to vote for Donald Trump, say in a room full of new-agey people, look at me, I'm a Republican. I noticed that happening with some of my friends who did vote for Donald Trump, who are in these new-agey, witchy circles. And I think we're a minority in that, in that regard. And I'm just interested in that. And, uh, but it's dicey business, right? It's, it's dicey business. And because we live in an environment, especially on social media, well, people—it's not just in your mind. Some people will just come outright and attack you. If you have a have an online business like I am, it could be very eh, like a slippery slope of uh, expressing opinions that aren't necessarily like, do I only talk about magic, period? Do I dare talk about anything else? Because I don't want to, you know, cause a shit storm and have people come after me because they might not agree with me. And I've chosen to be like a full, whole person here who happens to be a witch. I like that. That feels good. That feels like freedom to me. So sometimes I talk about magic and sometimes I talk about my favorite book, you know, and and everything in between. But I, I feel like I maybe get myself into trouble doing that too. And, uh, and I feel like I've been in the thick of it lately, trying to talk about cultural shadows, for example, or suggesting, suggesting that we might rethink terms like to- toxic masculinity. A really interesting conversation came up around that on Facebook. Uh, that post, is, that thread is really neat, reading that and just getting different opinions. There's a difference of opinion there. And it's like, can we all coexist? I say we can. I think we can. For me with, for example, toxic masculinity, I think if a certain piece of terminology is shutting the conversation down, it's not really doing its job. That's my perspective on it. Like these terms are created to communicate an idea, but if they're not facilitating two-way conversation, it seems fair to suggest that we might need to come up with some new ones. So. I wish I had said that back when I was talking about that originally, because that's actually what I meant. And I'm here, too, for selfish reasons, because I want to take a little bit of my power back, because I feel like I have been giving it away in recent episodes, especially recent episodes of Saturn's Day Evening Post, because I really just let it all hang out. It's just That is what it would be like to hang out with me as a friend. I'm totally just being myself. There's not really, like, a subject at hand. I'm not trying to teach anybody anything. So sometimes I, like, reveal things about myself that make me feel uncomfortable. And then I end up, like, kind of giggling and struggling to say what I mean, which really zaps the clarity from any message that might actually pop up when I'm doing one of those. And... um, I think what I've been struggling with in particular is feeling socially censored by my own people, by witches, by the New Age community, by the political left, all of which I feel a part of. I, I identify as a witch. I identify as the New Age. I identify with the political left, but also I feel oppressed by those by those labels. Somebody mentioned something about labels, and that's an interesting point to consider. I mean, the labels. Are containers and, and containers can sometimes be oppressive but in contemplating that and feeling like I was being socially censored oh poor me I'm a victim I've come to understand that that is actually not true it's not true at all <laughs> that is simply how I felt that was a lie I told myself but it's it, And and it's not the truth. It's just the story I've been telling myself about why I am afraid to be authentic in certain ways. No one is censoring or pressuring me to be silent. I'm just being insecure. I am not sitting in my seat of power. And I'm allowing the general consensus of my social bubble to wear down my edges and homogenize the dialogue because... I'm not offering a difference of opinion. And I know from the rumblings I hear and have participated in below the radar that I am not alone in this. (laughs) So, um, I think the first time I actually noticed this was years ago um, in the raw vegan community back when I was a raw vegan. And then when I started exploring other options, uh, other healthy options, in my opinion, I, I just started seeing like the dogma of food. And I started feeling censored talking about that. that. That's where I first noticed it. And then it really came, big, came up big time for me during the 2016 presidential election because I have – and I understand this is going to upset and offend and ignite some people. <laughs> I have been a Hillary Clinton fan since forever. I was rooting for her when she ran against Barack Obama. Because I had really admired her for such a long time. And I didn't know who the heck this Barack Obama guy was, <laughs> who I've, I've come to admire since. But, um, so I've been rooting for her forever. But because of all of the propaganda and the lies and, and the hatred directed at this woman, I did not feel comfortable for a very long time saying, I love her. I'm voting for her, not because she's a woman, but because she's a badass. She inspires me for the she of mine for years. I knew that in saying that, I was making myself a target. And so I said nothing until perhaps it was too late. And that's a phenomenon that affected a lot of women. That's why there was a secret Facebook group for Hillary Clinton supporters, because we didn't realize it at the time. Some of us did. But we didn't know to the extent that this was actually Russian bots coming in, posing as, like, Bernie supporters, for example, or Trump supporters, and, like, threatening our lives, threatening to rape us and murder us and kill us, literally, for for stating our opinion. It was super shadowy and super scary, so we hid. And then I think a lot of us regretted it. We started speaking up later in the campaign when stuff started getting really serious, you know, we started worrying, like, whoa, what if she doesn't win if so she did not Um, but, uh, that's when I really, really, I was mad at myself because I, I was like, why I like literally love this person. Like I really admire her. I've followed her career and here I am. Like I won't express that when, when, and then I'm upset that other people aren't expressing it and come to find out we all were just hiding. (laughs) So now with the me too movement. I see there is, kind of. I think this is a generational thing. I see a certain, like maybe Gen X and older people are wanting a more nuanced conversation to happen. Um, and just to make sure that innocent people don't get sucked into the vortex of anger, you know, for political reasons, for example. This becomes such a fabulous political weapon, right? And it's frightening and we want to support the movement at the same time but anytime somebody writes like up to the new york times or something saying like whoa can we not conflate inappropriate behavior with rape or can we not you know something like that that whole movement just like ah like attacks them and that person becomes the punching bag of the day like for daring even if it's a well-written article even if it's thoughtful and so i think in part what's happening here is well, it's just so multifaceted, I can only talk about it in parts and use little examples like this. I think one facet of that that's not just about politics, it's not just about the Me Too movement, but it is about those things as well, is this generational gap. Every we all have generational gaps, you know, between kids and parents and grandparents, there's a generational gap. But now we have the internet. And so it's Those generations are overlapping in a way that perhaps they never have before on this really in modern history. I don't think that that these generations have interacted like on the same playing field like this for, you know, and it's so... What is the what is the generation after millennials is is generation Z right so is it Z I think that's what it is you can correct me so the millennial generation has grown up they're moving into their thirties I think they're very much responsible for the positive change that we're seeing happen happening right now as they become adults and they start saying we don't like the world looking this way we want it to look that way it's like their time. And they are shaping the world largely with these movements and things like that. But then there's us Gen Xers and there's even baby boomers that are also online and in these conversations and participating in the dialogue of the day. And it's just interesting to see, like, Generation Z, what are they going to do? They're starting to become adults now, too. They're, They're growing up. So we're going to have at least four generations, or we already do, like touching and mingling and these different ways of being in the world. So partly it's that. <laughs> what a ramble. I haven't even seen if anybody's on here to talk. Partly it's that. But before I, I look to see if anybody showed up here to talk with me, for, it's our, also a personal level. For It's on a personal level for me as a podcaster that I feel vulnerable and talking about polarizing things because I'm basically talking to myself here. I mean, I know that ultimately I'm talking to you, but I can't see the expression on your face. I can't hear your reaction. So I have no idea if I'm offending you or something is being lost in translation. I'm actually really, 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 really good at connecting with just about anyone in person. That is for power. I can connect with just about anyone (laughs) in person. It's one of the best things about being a Libra. Um, But here, when it's so one-sided, I can get a little goofy and insecure when I'm touching on what I know is a polarizing subject. So that is one of the reasons I decided to do a call-in show today. So let's see. Someone's holding. Oh, Somebody's holding. This is so exciting. Okay, so six six two is the is the number. I'm not going to read the whole number, but that's the beginning. There's only one of you, actually. So I'm going to unmute you here. Turn your mic on if I can. Say hello. Hello.
1: Hello, Joanna.
0: Hi. Who is this?
1: This is Kinsley Patterson.
0: Oh, hi, Kinsley. Hi. Hello. We've never talked. Not in person. I know. I, oh, my gosh. I feel
1: so crazy. It's so great to be on your show. And thank you.
0: It's so fun to connect with you because you've been around for a while. I know exactly who you are.
1: Oh Well, that makes
0: me feel special. Thanks. <laughs> um, so have you been listening to my long <laughs> ramble?
1: I have. I just picked up my son from daycare, and he's in the backseat, and I'm pulling my driveway right now.
0: Ah, well, uh, is it a bad time to talk?
1: Oh no, no, I'm pulling the driveway, and it's
0: in park. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you ever feel like you're censoring yourself, or like you don't have the freedom to? What is the title of the show? The freedom to express in the age of political correctness. Do you feel that? Or do you
1: see it happening with other people? I, well, I feel that personally, especially being a young woman and I'm not really out of the broom closet yet also. um, And I just feel a lot of, like, sometimes I need to hold back. At the same time, I really enjoy learning and hearing other people's opinions and taking that into consideration and, um, you know, kind of helping develop develop mm. new ideas about looking at things differently also. But I really do feel like I do have to censor myself or if I don't really know people that well, where I stand politically. But, it, but also is growing and learning. There are some subjects that I have a really firm stand on that like about transgender because my brother's transgender or um I
0: don't know. Well that's a that's a huge subject right now. And that's a good point. My brother is transgender. So you have a per a very personal perspective on that. That's that's Gloria Steinem says something that feels really true to me and that is that um the political is personal, right?
1: But, and right. So
0: that issue becomes very personal when you, when you love somebody who's transgender. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you know I think there's a time and a place for like letting it all hang out. I'm not suggesting that you know we have to run into every room and be like, okay, so here's the deal. I'm a liberal, democratic witch who think, you know, like, and here's my opinions about, you know, transgender people and ISIS and ICE and like, you know, I, I don't <laughs> feel like, you know, it's appropriate always to just lead with anything, anything like that. But I do find myself, I like you, I love, I enjoy listening to other people and I love hearing their opinions, but sometimes sometimes, it gets a little scary when I want to jump into the fray myself and share my opinions.
1: Exactly. I'm really worried about being
0: attacked.
1: Um, yes. And also being, you know, I'm 28 years old, um, learning new things and kind of seeing where I do stand on, you know, where I actually do stand on issues and how I really do feel about it. But at the same time, I don't want to be attacked by, you know, this. Crone
0: who's lived, you know what I mean? Yep. Oh my gosh. Yes, I really I do. Yeah, I think that that's the whole point in like even talking about that. This, if we can't have a conversation, if we're just going to shut the conversation down, none of us get to learn. And I can tell you this: I have learned so much from younger people, like younger g- generations, and and from crones. Like you can reach up. And you can reach down, and you can learn something. We can learn the most from little kids if you want to really get down to it, I think, because they've they've got the magic and the innocence and that purity, you know. But um, there's something to be said for respecting our elders and that older people have a certain amount of wisdom, but there's a a wisdom in youth as well. Yeah,
1: well, thank you, Joanna.
0: (laughs) Is there anything else? I don't have any other colors, but I, I know you have to run with your son there. Is there anything else you wanted to add?
1: <laughs> um, Not really. I just want to let you know that I've been listening to your show for probably like two or three years, and I just, I've learned so much from you. And I feel very blessed to have that connection where the universe lined it up, and I'm learned so much, and I'm so grateful to be able to listen to you now twice a week on Saturday, too. And I uh, just want to share my gratitude, and thank you. Oh, thank you.
0: That's so sweet. It's been the honor of my life. It has been a huge pleasure, and and because of people like you. That's why. So um, oh. have, a, have a beautiful rest of your day, Kinsley. I, I will. Thank you so much, Joanna. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. bye 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 Okay, so I don't know how to shut her microphone off. Okay, so she just turned up. That's how it happens. All right. Okay, so if you want to talk about this subject, uh, the call-in number is 347-996-3012. 347-996-3012 is the call-in number. And – Because there is not another caller right now, let me find something I wanted to share with you that I thought was interesting. That conversation on Facebook, I do have pulled up right now. I might dip into that because some really thoughtful things were said, not just about do we rethink the term toxic masculinity, but just in general about – this idea of self-censorship and, and, and language, I'm really interested in language. I think as a magical practitioner, understanding that words have power is so important and that in a way we're casting a spell. I mean, we literally say spell, like we're spelling, we're casting a spell with the words we use and with our language and things like that. So it's interesting to me to have a conversation like this too, in the context of co-creating our reality and what kind of reality are are we creating, especially for shutting down conversations with each other. Uh, Sarah Kay sent me an email though that I cut and pasted, and I haven't edited this thing, so there might be weird pauses. Um, <laughs> what did she <you> say, <laughs> let's see. I mean, it's totally good. It's a great email. I thought it added a lot. And that is the other thing that really inspired me wanting to do to do this show today. She said, um, I totally needed to comment on this episode because the whole toxic masculinity thing was on my mind this week as well, especially while watching Black Panther, actually. I totally get that, by the way, Sarah, because Black Panther is... Um, What's so cool about it is it shows women being really strong, powerful badasses, and then it shows men being very soft and emotionally available to each other and to women. And it, it like, really just shows the full range of what we're capable of as people. And ultimately, that's why people use the term toxic masculinity to say, wait, wait, no, men, men can be soft and empathetic. And that, that's kind of the point behind using the term, but then it, it ends up getting lost in translation somewhat. Okay, so this is the rest of what Sarah said. What I began to think was that what we really mean when we talk about, talk about toxic masculinity is rather masculinity's shadow. Maybe it's a grammar nuance as well. Toxic masculinity sounds as if we mean to say that masculinity as a whole is toxic right? Because if you put toxic in front of masculinity, that makes total sense, Sarah. I get it. Okay, so uh, I need to stop interrupting Sarah. Toxic masculinity sounds as if we mean to say that masculinity as a whole is toxic, which could be problematic for uh, for anyone since we all have masculine qualities. It's been on my mind, too, because I found myself at a point recently where I realized that that's what I thought of my own masculine qualities, and I rejected them because I was in the mindset, conscious or not, that masculinity is toxic. That is so powerful, and that's something, too, that I think witches have a really good handle on is, like, uh, feminine and masculine are qualities we all have within, and... And we can shame the masculine in a woman just as easily as we can shame it in a man or vice versa, right? Okay, so then she goes on to say, another thing is that as much as we throw around the term toxic masculinity, how often do we talk about healthy masculinity in the same conversation? I hadn't thought about it this way before, but if we only talk about that which is toxic We aren't seeing the whole picture. Like that quote from Ramakrishna that goes something like, if you concentrate only on your sins, then you are slash will be a sinner. Which isn't to say that we shouldn't talk about the toxic aspects because it's obviously, obviously important to do. Maybe talking about both toxic and healthy aspects of masculinity, the shadow and the divine, whenever the conversation pops up, could be a way to use the term constructively. All awesome points, Sarah. That is why That is why I asked you, "Do you mind if I talk about this?" And she's like, "No, go ahead. Read my email." So I'm reading it. <laughs> um I think what my concern with that is new agey people, sensitive people, people that are interested in psychology and personal development. We can have these conversations, right? It's part of our language. We can talk about divine masculine and toxic masculine. But, like, if I go, like, to my dad's house and I start talking about toxic masculinity or the divine masculine, he's going to be like, what are you on, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so it alienates, I think, potentially a whole generation of people, but also, like, uh, people who don't speak that language, right? What are the What are the Are there four love languages or five love languages? I should have I should have looked that up. a little bit. It, I feel so cool right now if I could talk about that more fluidly and, and say what all the love languages are. But we all speak different languages. And the funny thing about like reaching for a term like toxic masculinity is that the English English language, especially modern day English language. It is so impoverished compared to other languages. Like when you try to translate other languages into English, like we don't have a word for that thing you're trying to translate. So, huga, for example, huga. You might have heard me talk about being a huga witch <laughs> or the magic of huga, which is spelled H Y G G E. Trying to explain what huga is in English, words tend to fail because there's not an English translation. Or, um, kezan or kaizan, I forget how you pronounce that, k a i z a n. In Japanese, Kazan means continuous change for the better or a constant incremental improvement. We could use a word like that, right? We don't have a word like that. <laughs> and, um... I just think it's important to notice like that us, we're, we're all speaking different languages. We're all a part of our own bubble. And if you're seeking to understand, which I am, the worst thing you can do is shut the conversation down. I'm really trying to facilitate conversation rather than shut it down. Nobody's calling me. I'm telling you right now I'm definitely going to wrap this up. Uh, I'll go into Facebook and read some of the comments that I thought were interesting from that thread. Um, In regards to toxic masculinity, but this was not supposed to be the toxic masculinity show. I really wanted to talk about the freedom to express yourself. I put in the age of political correctness, and I think that might be very specific to people who are Democrats or liberals, like left-leaning people, because Political correctness is like such a thing on the left, right? (laughs) And now we have like the far left, just like the right has the far right. We have the far left. And I think I'm like in the middle somewhere. Like I'm closer to the middle. I'm not right in the middle, but I'm more of like a moderate (laughs) Democrat. Someone called, yay, a 410 number. I saw you pop up there just now. Hold on, let me try to unmute you. Oh yeah, it's parking. Hi.
2: Hey, it's Phoebe.
0: Phoebe. Yay. <laughs> One of my favorite people to talk about talk about. Talk to. Hi, how are you? Good. <laughs> what uh so have you been listening to this whole thing? Yep. Yeah. Well, I know you have thoughts.
2: <laughs> yes, you many too many.
0: Well, you always have interesting thoughts, too. You're a person that's very challenging in that way, in a good way. So I would love to hear what you think about it.
2: Well, first, I'll say about the whole toxic masculinity thing, just to put it out there. One of the things that bothers me about the New Age community is this trend at times, this leaning towards what I see as kind of, bashing men and that phrase is one that i can't stand because it's like what if we said toxic femininity you know the toxic feminine you know turn it around you know yes
0: yes i'm trying to give you space to talk because i tend to get going and i don't want to
2: talk over oh no oh no if you you know i don't i don't know i mean you know i've said it before in groups about just Sometimes I think that people believe that if women ruled the world, it would be all happy and peaceful yeah. and loving, you know. Like, you know, that there's nothing bad about women. And I don't know. What do you think about that?
0: <laughs> I think I think you're onto something there. I I, I, I think that that's why uh, I sometimes say there's different kinds of feminists, and when I call myself mm. a feminist. Um, it really bugs a lot of people because I think there's a man-hating perception there or that we're saying, like, we want to live in a woman-ruled world, and I actually don't feel that way. I I only use that label because I'm interested in equality, you know, equal pay for equal work, equality sharing the housework, you know, equality in – even, like, in an emotional way, you know, like, letting everybody just be who they are, kind of, is my perspective on that. I um, wish
2: there was a better term, like, to describe that, that would be more inclusive.
0: Yeah, well, I guess that's the point in talking about toxic masculinity, and and you're right, feminism, too. I feel like if you have to explain the label, maybe the label isn't doing that great of a job, (laughs) you know?
2: Well, well, labels are just so limiting, too, so... Yeah, but that's
0: it's what we do as humans. That. Tiffany was saying that. Well, we need labels to some degree. I mean, I have to be able to say, "Can you bring the chair over here?" <laughs> oh you know, well, yeah. That, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a box too. It's it's that it's a paradox, I guess. It's a paradox box. It boxes you in, <laughs> um, even as even as we need them to try to communicate. And I know people who, what is it? Is it humanists? People that don't want to be called a feminist, but that's that that stand for equal rights? Is that what they're saying now?
2: I think so. I haven't heard, You don't really hear that as much.
0: Yeah, because it's, again, it's one of those, it doesn't really stick, right? It's like something you have to explain. (laughs) And when you have to explain it, I feel like maybe it's not working out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Tiffany on Facebook, she went, She went off. She had a lot of ideas about this, but it was basically like labels suck. Why do you need to use labels? Just live your life kind of thing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I saw that.
0: Yeah. Um, And then a a woman named Allison, I'm not going to say people's last names because I don't know if they want to be talked about publicly like this, even though they're posting on a public forum. But she shared something from Twitter or Facebook. I don't know what it was. It was cut and pasted, but it was – General periodic reminder, the term toxic masculinity does not mean all men are toxic. It refers to cultural norms that equate masculinity with control, aggression, and violence, and that label. And that label emotion, compassion, and empathy, unmanly.
3: Yeah. I,
0: that sounds great. <laughs> but, if, again, if we have to explain what it means, it's sort of like lost in translation, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah, people just jump to the wrong conclusions <clears throat>
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and think well, that
2: all guys are bad.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, and I guess that's what I was trying. I was struggling. God, I'm- I struggle sometimes, especially on the Saturday evening post when I'm just being myself, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I feel like I'm being to myself. Oh, no. And then I just, like, try to get myself out of it, and it just ends up getting worse. But I was trying to talk about the house. I love men and I'm always looking for examples of good men because um I don't know, I, I maybe partly what you're saying uh sort of like the shaming of men as a whole, they they men suck. <laughs> uh I like to look for those I like to look for the good in everybody, but I particularly feel sensitive to that right now, I guess. Um I don't know why. I mean, I guess I have my theories, but I don't. I don't feel comfortable going into them. <laughs> speaking about self censorship.
2: <laughs> yes, do you, I get it. Do
0: you? Do you feel that it, on any level? It doesn't have to be about toxic masculinity. It could be about anything. Like, do you? Feel oh yeah.
3: Like
2: I, I'm careful. Irritating? Yeah. Sorry, I'm careful about liking posts and sharing posts on Twitter or even you know, on Facebook just because you don't want the crazy the bots the hateful nasty people to come after you
0: yeah right it's scary like i mean it's really scary when people are like threatening to kill you and stuff which actually happens which is horrifying it's like at a whole other level it's just like whoa you just never know but um does it bother you i guess I should say, because to me, I feel annoyed at myself when I feel like I have something to say, but I'm not going to say it because I'm afraid. Like, it irritates me. I feel like I'm failing myself in some way.
2: Yeah, I want to be more open, because if people don't speak up, then you never know. Or people think that everybody believes one thing that's not working right, not realizing that. Something you know. Other people are thinking, "Hey, that doesn't work. Let's come up with something new."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like any did of you, the issues.
0: Did you see Don Don Champine, She uh, posted a word I had never heard. I thought it was so cool. Uh, let me see if I can find it. I have to thread up. I'm afraid of accidentally shutting my computer up here. Scrolling. Sapper worth. S <laughs> s a p i r Sappier worth. Hypno- uh, Hypothesis, the Sapperworth hypothesis. And so I was like, what is that? And so I Googled it, and the definition is this it's a theory developed by Edward Sapir and Benjamin. Speak, Joanna. Calm down and speak. Benjamin Lee Whorf, that states that the structure of a language determines or greatly influences the modes of thought and behavior characteristic of the culture in which it is spoken. And, I don't know, something about that got me thinking about um, our – we have a weird structure to the English language. (laughs) We we could maybe use some structural reform because words fail, and then we go looking for new ones, and then those aren't really working. We have this impoverished language, I guess is a short way to say it. And um, something about politics – it's not – just about politics but something about politics has made communication so damn scary
2: yes very polarized <clears throat>
0: mm-hmm. yeah. either
2: on one side or the other at the moment
0: <clears throat> yeah i had that an insight i think i was i think it was in the last patreon episode i did uh i was talking about being uncomfortable talking about uh polarizing opinions and i was like wait a minute you just can't talk about a, a polarized subject without having a polarizing opinion right <laughs> like it's literally impossible if it's a polarizing subject half the people are going to hate you no matter what you say
2: yeah that would be the trick finding something that would plow down the middle of everybody's arguments <laughs> Mm-hmm.
0: yes i don't i I guess that that's the hippie and hippie, witch. like, can't we all just get along? <laughs> <laughs> Peace, love and all that good shit. Uh, I know Dawn said something that like the word patriarchy is problematic in the same way as toxic masculinity. And then, um, Anita was saying mansplaining can be problematic and, uh, in regards to patriarchy don was saying something like but that's the word we have you know like maybe we need a, a better term for it or whatever but uh i guess uh, what is my point here i guess i just wanted to invite other people to talk about this so maybe we could be more gentle with each other yep and exactly yeah and me, man, I'm out here, like, naked for the whole world to see you every time I put my foot in my mouth, which which I do all the time.
2: But <laughs> well, we very, love you for it.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm very familiar with the taste of foot in mouth. <laughs> it's like, there it is again. Damn it. <laughs> so funny. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Because I have another caller I'm so excited to say. No.
2: No, talk to someone else. I'd love to listen to what someone else has to say.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's always fun talking to you, though. My long-term Internet friend, Phoebe. (laughs) Like, for years, that makes us ancient.
2: Oh, yeah, at least, yeah, five years or more. I don't remember.
0: (laughs) Yeah, a long time, in Internet years. That makes us, like, old dinosaur friends. (laughs) Yeah.
1: All right. Well, have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye.
0: Bye. One one one. Is, hello. Hello. Hi. Who's this?
3: Hi. This is Katie from the UK.
0: Katie. Hi. How are you? I'm oh, yes. so happy. I'm in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. I often
3: um uh make notes on your post. Do you remember me? No.
0: What do you mean you make notes? Like you said. I make years? notes. I just
3: say hi. That is great. Oh. oh yeah
0: there's actually a couple of Katies. yeah are, k- a- are you are you k a t y
3: i am k a t y yeah oh yes i oh,
0: totally i know there's a couple
3: of Katie's. But yeah. yes i do know yeah <laughs> yeah okay so i thought i would um you know call um i think it's really interesting because obviously we're from the i'm from the u k and we we're kind of watching you guys um especially um from the kind of feminist kind of angle and um I don't know. Over here at the moment, I, it's like the 100-year um, anniversary of the suffragettes. And we, there's a real feeling as well of kind of like this kind of um, sort of feminine kind of up, uprising. And um, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think, I think all of these terms like toxic masculinity, I, I, I agree with you completely. I don't think any kind of negative. I, think, I believe in the whole concept of like spelling, you know, what we say, you know, is magic. It manifests. But I, I think I think I think it's necessary. I think that you know I think this is the age the age of the feminine is necessary. I think it's time that you know we need to we, we these these terms have to be confronted. You know I think you know we have to look at patriarchy. We have to look at the fact that you know there is toxic masculinity. And I think you know I think I think it's easy to be because I'm a liberal as well and I, you know, and I I try to watch what I say and I'm I'm really trying to kind of um, create my own reality with the words I say and the words I think, but I also, I'm also a feminist and I'm a feminist because I'm a female, not for any other reason, you know. I think just being a, a female makes me a feminist and I just think that, you know, We've fought for years, you know. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm mixed race Irish and um, I'm black as well, you know. So I have a different perspective as well. And I just think yeah. we've fought for so many years um, as women, and I think that you know this is our time, you know. And I think that, you know, I, I I you know I I think sometimes we just have to be bold and we have to say what we think, you know, and you know i post things on facebook and people just ignore me you know and i posted something to one of my ma- and one of my male friends got really agitated the other day you know cuz i was saying about um uh, what's her name gloria is it all red do you know who i'm talking
0: about mhm mm-hmm.
3: the uh the 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 um civil rights lawyer and i watched her documentary on netflix and i was really empowered and i posted about that and i got a real negative reaction from that and I was also speaking to one of my gay male friends at work the other day, and he also got really like agitated with me about the whole feminist thing. And it's just, you know, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep, you know, keep saying what I think. And you know, you know, you've got to, you know, this is this is this is this is our time. We have a platform and we've got a voice, and I think, you know, we should be using it whether people like it or not. So do I just rant it either?
0: No, it was awesome. I was listening. Do you feel that the pendulum has to completely swing it do you know what I mean before it can settle in the middle? Or do you feel like the world would be better off if, if women were ruling the world? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no,
0: I I, I did not I mean
3: I mean, for me this is a massive conversation. I mean I don't know you know, I believe in the age of Aquarius, I believe in the age of the feminine, I believe um, that you know, I believe that you know when the church came in you know and the goddess was you know eradicated you know I'm half Irish I'm really into my kind of pagany sort of side um um I believe I believe we we need both male and female you know I I believe that's important but I think uh, I think we you know we can't the pendulum has to stay at one side just for a little bit just so we can see because if if we become all kind of you know, it's too liberal, let's not let's you know, let's not let's not use all these extreme terms. We don't want to you know, then then we are we actually gonna you know, are we actually gonna solve the problem? Because, you know, there is a problem, you know. Mm-hmm. Patriarchy is a problem, you know, um, you know, women women we fought for women's rights, you know, sexual exploitation, sexual abuse, um, all of this stuff is a problem, you know. Um how, you know, even even you know, how you know, I have a lot of gay gay men friends, and even how they've sometimes treat me as a female. You know, um, you know their their concepts around bitches, and you know, it just I just think we need to change. It has to change, and I think sometimes for things to change, it has to, you know, it has to be a bit negative. You know, you need, you know, that it, you, these these terms have to come up. You know, I know yeah. they have, I think they have to evolve. I don't think, to- I don't think they're that great an idea, but, you know, toxic and stuff. I think, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think it's going to help to be like, oh, let's all soften everything, because it- sometimes things need to be, I-, I don't know, I don't know if I'm explaining myself, properly. Not do you understand everything. what I'm saying...
0: No, I, I completely do. I think it's like um what I was saying about the Me Too movement is bringing up a shadow that has to come up right now. It's time has come. Exactly. Like, we have to talk about that. But then there is collateral damage. There's kind of like innocent people that go down with that, you know. Or there's there's arguments and accusations, and it's so messy and it's so confrontational. And I think I think um. Yes, Hopefully a more nuanced conversation evolves out of that because I don't think there was another way around. I think we just had to go through, <laughs> which yeah, I think is the only me.
3: way is through, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
0: And then maybe it yeah, happens I'm- over time.
3: Yeah, and I think it's I think it might be more strong for you guys, you know, because you're in America, and that's what I'm saying. You're kind of like a stage at the moment for the rest of well Europe anyway, you know, because we're looking we're looking to you guys, you really, because you know we have the same kind of issues over here, but you know it's big for you, you know, you've got Trump, you've got you know the all the, all the stuff that's happening in Hollywood, you know, and even that, you know, I mean, you know Hollywood has set the stage.
0: Ooh. I lost you. Or it muted for a second. It muted. Darn it. Or it didn't mute. I just can't hear you. Maybe you muted your phone. I will add to that since but pop in any time because I, I lost you, Katie. I can see you're still there. Like the countdown is happening. I think people are mistaken in thinking that Hollywood is particularly uh, toxic. Thinking, oh, I've lost Katie altogether, but she made some awesome points. I think people are mistaken in saying like Hollywood is a cesspool or Hollywood is particularly toxic. It's just Hollywood is visible and it's actually showing us what's happening in all levels of society. It's just kind of in our face because we know those people. They're famous. They're famous. So if Joe the plumber is outed as being sexually abusive to his assistant, it might make waves in the neighborhood, but it's probably not going to, you know, travel around the world. Whereas if it happens to a super famous movie star, we all get to talk about it. So, uh, yeah, that was an interesting point. Uh, Let me see if I can drag up anything else. There's, There's one thing that really, since we've had only female callers here, uh is it Wendy? i think on facebook shared oh boy i hope this doesn't shut my computer off this poor computer's like hanging on the last 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 legs she shared um i think some twitter posts from a man named michael ian black i think i saw part of this i realized after reading through this um Michael Ian Black was tweeting, was on Twitter recently, talking about toxic masculinity, and she posted, like, big chunks of the conversation. So I'm going to read some of that so we can get a male perspective here. Um, he said, deeper even than the gun problem is this. Boys are broken. Until we fix men, we need to fix the gun problem. So he, he wasn't saying he's, – he's talking about gun violence in schools, I believe. Um, the last fifty years re- redefined womanhood. We- women were taught they can be anything. no commiserate, no commensurate movement for men who are still generally locked into the same rigid, outdated model of masculinity, and it's killing us. If you want to hurt a man, the first thing you do is attack his masculinity. Men don't have the language to understand masculinity as anything, other than some version of a caveman, because no language exists. That's just a little piece of what she said. Uh, But I think it's important to listen to each other, and it's like, oh, my God, we have a man talking about toxic masculinity. Can the women just be quiet for a minute and listen to what he has to say? Because we want men to listen to us, so it needs to be a two-way street. When Katie mentioned being biracial and having Black roots, that is something that I was trying to talk about ineloquently again <laughs> on the last uh, weekend post I did. Is like as a white woman, when I see Black people talking about the Black experience, Black Lives Matters, like I feel like I just want to shut up and listen. There's something to learn here, because and and that that is maybe. Maybe the message behind what I'm trying to say, like the freedom to express in the age of political correctness, yes, I think we need to have the courage to be who we are and to be authentic because there's something almost soulful about doing that. Like there's something in me, at least, I can speak from from my personal experience. I feel like I'm not being fully who I am. When I have something to say, and I don't think I have to chime in on everything, but when I really have something to say, something from the heart, and then I don't say it because I'm afraid, I feel like I'm hurting myself in some way and potentially the larger conversation. So that's one piece of it. The other piece piece of it is, can we just listen? Let's just listen to each other. And it's okay to be wrong, and it's okay to put your foot in your mouth. It's okay to say the wrong thing. You know, We're not going to string you up in the town square where we might say, hey, that hurt my feelings, or hey, you're actually wrong about that, or hey, I don't see it that way. If we can just keep it back and forth going, maybe we can make some progress on some of these things. So this is woo, very charged up, but kind of fun. I get a kick out of talking to you guys because, like I said, this is so one-sided. The way I get to connect is in the private Facebook group. And thankfully, because so many of you email me, like, those emails are precious. Sometimes I get really busy, so I don't – it takes me a while to get to them, um, or I don't get to get into, like, a super in-depth conversation with everybody. But I definitely appreciate that feedback because it gives me that sense of, like, okay, I'm not just talking to myself here. <laughs> yeah, And that feeling I have of like, I like you guys. I have, you know, I have something I can't wait to tell them. Who is this them? It's you. I get to say, oh, it's Phoebe. Oh, it's Katie. Um, It's Sarah. It's uh, whoever I'm talking to at the time. And um, that makes it really, really fun for me here. So thank you all for um, listening, or those of you especially who participated. And until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.